Lori Frederick is the owner and lead consultant for Balance Biomechanics based in Littleton, Colorado, where she specializes in injury-proofing employees in high-hazard industries. Lori graduated from Arizona State University with a bachelor's in science in exercise science and went on to earn her certification in sports massage therapy and is a certified strength and conditioning specialist. She currently serves on the local Colorado board of the American Society of Safety Professionals and assists the board at the regional level. Lori has developed a strong passion for teaching and is a perpetual student to maintain her expertise in musculoskeletal injury prevention and human movement. Lori is a noted speaker on both a regional and national level, and she is my guest today. What's up, everybody? My name is John Campioni, and this is the Rock Tape Podcast. sitting here with Lori Frederick. Hi, Lori. How are you? Hi, good. Thank you for having me. I'm super. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate uh, all the time you can give us to talk about, you know, your specialty and kind of what you bring to the table uh, with your practice. Because you have a pretty interesting uh, uh, type of practice with some of the stuff that you do and some stuff that we haven't really talked about a lot on the podcast. So um, tell us a little bit about you, Lori. What do you do? Um, And, you know, how did you get started in the healthcare realm? Well, I definitely am a little bit of a black sheep in the rock tape family um, (laughs) and a niche for sure. Um, I like to say that I help physical workers move better so they have less injuries on the job site and the company saves buckets of money. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Win-win for everybody. But um, I've evolved in my businesses. I've kind of always been a, um, entrepreneur a little bit. Um, I know we'll go over history later, but, uh, starting this company and then working it into occupational work safety world has been, uh, absolutely awesome because it's enabled me to really find my passion, uh, for who I want to help. And that's, um, the blue collar workers who don't normally go, and get, um, massages or personal trainers or anything Mm -hmm. like that. So I've been able to just be blessed with, uh, helping the worker, which in turn helps the companies and all is well with the world. So by trade, you are a massage therapist, correct? By trade, I am a massage therapist and I am a CSCS, um, strength coach. So I started with, um, the strength coaching and then right after, um, college went to get um, my massage therapy, sports massage license, and because um, my mom was a massage therapist. Oh, cool! And I actually saw in your profile you went to ASU. Yes. Yeah, my uh, I I was born in Scottsdale actually, and we lived in Mesa for the first nine years of my life. And oh, my wow. mother, my mother started her uh, psychology doctorate at ASU, so I actually, as a little kid was running around the ASU campus a lot with my mom too. So whenever I see that, it's always kind of a special moment for me. So, Oh, definitely. It's a really cool place for sure. My grandparents were in Mesa and so some family in town while I was out of state for college. And, uh, yeah, that campus has changed a ton. I bet it has. Yeah. I haven't been back there in like 26 years or so too, but, uh, still Sun Devils still, I think the best, uh, sports logo that's out there right now. Super. Yes, indeed. Yes. <laughs> so as a massage therapist, you know, I, I, la- I had to laugh too. You said the black sheep of rock tape. We're all black sheep. We lo- love being well, black sheep <laughs> in rock tape too, right? True. <laughs> yes. As, as a massage therapist, you did kind of take a pretty interesting route getting into more occupational safety uh, and working with the worker itself too. So, you know, somebody who might be interested in that type of work, how do you get your foot in the door? How do you get the foot in the door? And where did this kind of start? Cause I find a lot of these stories end up with, I just happened to talk to someone and that was kind of the ball rolling. That was exactly it. I mean, it nearly like crossed my path, fell in my lap, so to speak mm-hmm. with the occupational world. Um, I guess if we go back, uh, to, wow, I don't know how far we want to go back. I got quite a few years to go back on. As long um, as you want to go, you know, (laughs) growing up gymnast, diver, 
sports injuries, knee surgery, um, <laughs> kind of interested in the sports world. I was like, Oh, pre-med. Yeah. Let's be a surgeon. And then yeah. I was like, that's a lot of school. I don't really want that much. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then turning into sports medicine, exercise science, um, finding lots of interest in that, uh, strength and conditioning coach, massage therapy. And really when it turned, I mean, my old injuries were one thing, but, um, my dad actually needed a dual hip replacement at 57. Oh, wow. Um, and so it was something that lit my fire as far as prehab and then after surgery. And I was the annoying, um, therapist that would like talk to the surgeons all the time. I'm like, okay, so why can't he do this? Or why are these restrictions <laughs> there? And what's going on? And I think that was the start of what maybe pushed boundaries, especially with massage therapy. Um, cause I know not all massage therapists are really comfortable, um, post injury and around scars and things like that. So mm -hmm. having it be my dad and having that trust level there, really enabled me to dive in headfirst and, um, explore. Uh, you make a really good point there too, is, you know, not all massage therapists are doing this and might not even feel comfortable doing this. When you first got out of massage school, what was your plan? Um, sports massage was there because I was already doing personal training. Okay. And, um, so it blended really nicely. I always like to say, well, I can, you know, hurt you and then I can fix you. And it was a good, <laughs> win-win relationship. You can't say, as a oh, former personal, <laughs> as a former personal trainer, I totally get that. <laughs> right. You know, they're like, oh, I'm too sore to work out. I'm like, Oh, let's do a massage today. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> ah, that's, that's where you get them. Like, well, there's no excuse not to come in. I have things for you, right? <laughs> it was really good job security. I got to say. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And it wasn't until working with my dad that I niched into pre post occupational surgeries, um, even cosmetic surgeries. But, mm. um, yeah, like augmentation and facial surgeries. I just was always an anatomy geek and loved the scars. And I had my own scars to work with and around. And yeah, sounds really weird. I guess <laughs> scars no, are my not, thing. Not at all. Well, I love scars. I think you and I have had this conversation too about that, but we talk so much about scars and the power of it too. But let's go back to something you just said, because this is actually very fascinating is is uh, post-surgical scars for cosmetic surgeries, things like that. You know, I had a long time ago a discussion with somebody about soft tissue with regards to mastectomies, but what about breast augmentation? What about uh, face lifts, things like that? T tell us about that. Tell us about working with those things, the things that come up, and why is that so important? Um, I think it was more luckily, you know, this is where it blended with personal training clients and, um, post-surgical clients had some clients that got some work done and, um, the facelift things, you just kind of have to go in with, um, the, we all have the knowledge that better circulation means better healing. And mm -hmm. so the massage therapy around all the scars and they, they hide them pretty well, you know, all the way around sure. the ears, it was just a learning as I go process, knowing that, you know, here we're going to massage around the scars. I always like work far from and then close to, but what I learned with my own knee surgery scars is all about, um, supposedly dissolving sutures that are supposed to dissolve. And sometimes they don't and how they can work their way out. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> kind of going into that, even in, sure. um, facelift surgeries and things like that. But it was something to where we, um, it was a good trust level yeah. and asking questions. And I guess that's when I get into conversations with other massage therapists who, you know, have a little interest, but are hesitant. And I just tell them, be open with your client and saying, Hey, can we try this? Um, and always start conservatively and then kind of push, um, awesome. around those, issues, but it helps the scars heal better. And then even, you know, you think about all that happens in breast augmentation and mm. under the muscle and this whole world of function after sure. that kind yeah. of surgery, right. Yeah. Um, you could dive into so many different rabbit holes on it, but base level, the trust with your client and always ask a ton of questions is mm -hmm. where I go.
Now, do you kind of just address them as is, or do you kind of relate them more back to dysfunction? If somebody had, uh, let's use the example of a facelift and then you notice they're starting to have issues, or is it like you just had a client, you know that they are going to, or had a facelift. Hey, I really want to make sure we look at this one thing with you just so nothing else happens. Yeah. It was more just addressing it as is and post and knowing, um, after working with people post-surgical, a lot of times it was mm-hmm. like, we need to stay on top of this. Um, you don't want your scars to catch up with you. And I mean, I've since, you know, not seen like the facelift client for a long time. And I always wonder, I'm like, well, so did it <laughs> look more natural because we worked on it early? Um, yeah. years down the road, I'd love to, now I'm going to look her up. <laughs> Um, I'm not actually familiar with the exact procedure. I heard about facelifts all the time. I kind of have seen it, but could you describe a little bit just so people are kind of get a visualization and and why that might actually lead to some problems outside of scar tissues lead to problems? Why could that particular procedure be doing? You know, I, and I can't say that I know everything about it. I know like where the scars were and it's essentially scarring, um, all along the hairline. Mm-hmm. Um, wrapping around the back of the ears. Um, and so they essentially then take that skin and pull it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's where all the scar were. And honestly, that's just kind of where I started knowing scar things, but then thinking about it more in the fascial layers. And even now that we're finding so much more about fascia, I mean, this was, yeah, this is over 20 years ago. So, um, I'm sure there's probably less invasive procedures that are out there, but this is way back when they were like taking the face off and pulling it and, oh, um, right. Yeah. <laughs> like what kind of movies can you associate that with? Um, <laughs> that it, it was a big procedure and, um, just increasing circulation, working around the face and the eyes and, um, hoping for the best. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough too. I don't know if you have this kind of conversation, if, you know, building the the practice and the clientele you have, you know, if anybody talks to you before they have a procedure like this, but you know, we always want to talk to people in that biopsychosocial model. I'm never going to tell someone, Hey, don't do what you want to do, but there are consequences to it. Do you, do you get into those conversations at all? Like, I can't imagine you ever go, oh, don't do that, you know, but you have to explain to patients and educate them, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it definitely is, uh, opens a conversation Mm -hmm. with the cosmetic and the face stuff. Um, it's just that whole pay attention to what you're doing on recovery because yeah, they're going to do what they're going to do. Um, probably with like breast augmentation surgery, that's a big one that I'm, you know, um, pretty hesitant with people. I'm like, think about what's going on and, you know, sure. the work that needs to happen and how much the pec muscle stretches, um, just to really say, Hey, I've, I've also worked with lots of people post-surgery that have such a hard time with their shoulder range of motion or their posture and, um, encapsulation things that, um, and the physicians aren't always telling them about post-surgical massage. Sure. In, yeah surgery, right? It's really, um, one of my pet peeves that so many physicians don't, um, do that from C-sections to knee surgeries to anything yeah. about scar massage. Yeah. That, that's, uh, I 100% agree with you. Like that's the one thing I wish that any surgery, cause nobody's anti-surgery, but surgery, you know, we always talk about should be our, our last thing because it is so invasive and there is a lot of recovery to it. But yeah, that's one thing that does always get overlooked too. And, and it just kind of helps educate that patient, you know, gets them to understand, Hey, look, you had to have the surgery for whatever reason, but there's more work to be done after that. Oh, definitely. And I think I've also, um, worked with, uh, clients with mastectomies and it's, some um, talk about a biopsychosocial model that, um, there's so many, I had one client that she just didn't, she avoided mirrors. She, you know, oh, wow. had such a negative experience with it. Sure. And then some other clients that they're like, I don't want to touch it. And I'm like, okay, you know, so this conversation needs to happen and say, it's important that you do. And even if you start gently and, you know, kind of loving your body for what it is conversation that, um, is helpful in so many ways moving forward and healing. Yeah. Yeah. So are you still personal training? 
Not too much. I, um, I have very few private clients. I have a couple that I've been working with for like 20 years. So Mm -hmm. they take rank on that. Um, and they won't let you leave. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Occasionally here and there, because it does keep me, um, on top of topic and knowledge and, um, doing all that as well. And a little bit of, it comes in a little bit with the early intervention work with companies to, um, work with the workers when things are small aches and pains, mm-hmm. we get into wellness conversations of exercises and things like that. So, okay. Keeps me are, on you, my are you doing a lot of, um, cause you travel quite a bit. You're working with occupational safety, you know, ergon- ergonomic training on site quite a bit. And, if anybody follows Lori on social media, you've seen, you know, some of the places that she's been. Um, are you doing a lot of, I, I, I always hate to use this word, but traditional, you know, massage therapy, like in session on your table in your office thing, or are you primarily just traveling around now? No traveling around. And honestly, like the meat and potatoes of my business is actually more of, um, this back safety training. It's a two hour movement training. And that's okay. where I, I really niche in because there's very few um, companies that address the movement part of it as well. So the early intervention and on-site treatment is, for me, a growing part of my business. And that branch is, <laughs> is growing. So when we're speaking of that, it's kind of more sports massage style is what I call it. You know, I'm going gotcha. to a construction trailer somewhere and working on somebody's shoulder. So there's some massage therapy um, that's where rock tape has been, um, an awesome help and tool for a lot of first aid stuff. Cool. So when you, uh, are on site, you know, what are, I guess maybe a better question to start out with is how does a relationship like this build? Like, you know, how do you get to, cause they don't necessarily, it's like a weird, like xenophobia thing for on site. It's a close knit community bringing in outsiders, so to speak, you know, how do you get that idea into um, a manager's head? Like, this is something we need to address. That was, uh, you know, kind of the challenge of my business starting out was understanding where do I go to get into these businesses? And it's where I got started in uh, the American Society of Safety Professionals. So it's ASSP. It's a whole society. It's safety professionals, HR people, some risk management, insurance people, Um, I got a tip from one of my clients, uh, the safety manager. He's like, you know, you should go to these meetings. And initially Mm -hmm. it was just like, try to get clients. And then they were like, oh, you're kind of friendly. You should be our membership chair. (laughs) 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 And, and thus that started a whole new, uh, world of being on the safety board regionally and locally. Mm -hmm. Um, but it helps me learn the lingo. It's helped me understand OSHA and all those dimensions that go behind it. But that's really where you address and um, find the people that need the work because there are companies, it's getting more popular and they understand they would really like to catch um, injuries when they're small and not have them get bigger. And so when you can then um, educate on the options that are out there, that's where you get their attention from. So what do you think really kind of, as you say, it, it started to got, get more popular. What do you think really kind of pushed uh, all these companies to the limit and finally said, we have to address this? Well, bottom line for everybody is the money. I think mm-hmm. there's so many that um, they're like, it's just flowing out the door. Sprains and streams are not a huge cost all the time, but the numbers are, um, they're very great in numbers. You'll ask any company and they're like, well, here's, you know, they have to log all their injuries and sprains sure. and strains are a big one. Uh, slip trip falls, there's another um, option for it. So um, it's definitely money-based, but then again, there's companies that don't care. They're like, we hire people from the neck down and it's not a big deal and they're disposable. So. Okay. Yeah. So it was really more about. <laughs> I like I have to turn something off in the back. <laughs> so it was really more of, you know, companies started to recognize people being out for so long with an injury was kind of uh, affecting their bottom line. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. So what, 
what's your pitch to, you know, get in there and say, okay, you're recognizing that the bottom line is affected because you're having workers out all the time. This is what I want to do. My pitch is different because I'm, I'm so, I'm really worker based and I want, I would love the workers to understand that they matter and that their bodies matter and dirt and duct tape is not the answer for fixing them. (laughs) Um, It might be for fixing something else, but not for their bodies. Uh, So my pitch is more about workers that you're going to treat better. They're going to feel appreciated you'll get longer loyalty and better productivity out of them, which then helps the whole culture of the company. And that's important because some, um, the companies that don't have the safety culture and they're um, not worried about retention. Um, I learned, I don't even pitch them. I just kind of Mm -hmm. say, right. Um, I'll come back around when (laughs) in a better mindset, just to know that we're not a good match. If they're, because all of my training and my work is over and above uh, um, ergonomics um, check the box moment. So that is a good question too, because I think a lot of people they kind of think of ergonomics, you know, lifting things correctly, uh, office ergonomics, sitting in your chair correctly, stuff like that. So, what are the things you go into? Uh, tell us more about the back safety training that you go into and some of the specific things that you do on site. Yeah. So the back safety training is a lot of awareness. So it's, um, class is small enough to where we have a classroom portion, teaching them about the body and body education, um, all understanding their repetitive motions, their heavy, awkward lifting. And then we actually go to a practical portion where we lift the heavy and awkward and they can have a movement instructor saying, Ooh, do you know your feet are in this position and Hey, watch your spinal position. And we talk about their body and it, it applies then to work and home and play. Hmm. And I think that's what really engages the workers is that it's not just about productivity at work. It's about understanding how you're going to um, take care of your body on the weekend as yeah. well. And, yeah. um, that's the education component that I really want, like to bring in there and have them understand that their work is important. And so is their body to get them there. So what might you tell a worker, you know, Hey, when you're not working, these are things that you can do to really help yourself and protect your body. Um, that's always a fun story. Cause one of my favorite things to add into classes is a story about beef jerky. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> right. So the analogy that I always bring up that just helps a worker pay a little more attention to how their body is aging is I associate the fascial system hmm. with, um, you know, the whole suit of fascia that when you're young and baby toddler, like it's a lot more like a fruit roll up and it's hydrated and bendy and stretchy and, you know, toddlers can bounce off of things almost. Right. So Don't I know it. <laughs> yeah, right. They're very resilient. But as we age, we move far away from fruit roll-up and we move a little more towards beef jerky. Yeah. <laughs> Hydrated, stiff, doesn't move well. Um, but it's a great comparison because a lot of blue-collar workers eat beef jerky. It's a great snack. Um, sure. And, like, how do you get beef jerky to move better? You, you warm it up. You can move it around more. You hydrate. So it's a good um, thought process of, hey, Oh yeah, I can take care of this. I'm not doomed because I'm I've got a stiff back forever. Sure. Uh, I can do something about it. So that's usually the conversation I always want to hit on is that you are in control and they have the personal responsibility to maintain that body. That's a really interesting point you made too is is, you know, even anybody who even just works with uh, you know, older individuals, people with different mindsets, stuff like that could probably benefit from, from, uh, this topic. But what would you do when you get maybe a little bit of pushback? Maybe you get somebody who's like, I don't, I've been do- doing this job for so many years. I kind of hear, I've heard that before. Why do I need to do that? I've never been hurt or I've never had an injury that's kept me off the job. Why is this important? Why is this something I should be doing? Right. That, that complacency mentality, I guess, is yeah. what um, happens. And I called myself an ONS specialist lately um, for old and stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> I, hang on. I got to write that down. ONS yeah. specialist. Got it. 
There's also the Y and P Y and B specialist, which is young and bulletproof, but uh, <laughs> there, cause there's usually the two that either yeah, you're young you're and right. bulletproof, you think nothing ever is going to happen to you or the old and stubborn who are like, well, nothing's happened yet. I'll be fine. Or I am doomed to the point of uh, making any benefit. Good um, point. There's people like that too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that it's the conversation of um, bringing the thoughts to their family. And I like analogies so much to car maintenance. You know, what if you only yeah. had one vehicle for your whole life? How would you maintain that? That's um, a great point. You know, look at your vehicle now. Do you maintain your vehicle? Do you have a hoopty or do you like clean it and wash it? <laughs> That's a great um, point. I mean, you get, I mean, maybe we, we can go down the 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 route of you're working with a lot of blue collar guys and these guys a lot of times are great mechanics they're they're great with their hands um they know how to put stuff together take stuff apart too and i bet you if you asked a lot of them you know they would talk about their car in a very elegant and and specific way about how detailed they are with the care it's a perfect analogy why wouldn't you do that for your body too exactly it works really well especially uh, you know with tool hands and really especially car people and mm-hmm. understanding why you put oil in your car and why you need all your moving parts lubricated and um then we move it to the body conversation i'm like doesn't your body have lots of moving parts that should move and hey what if i gave you something that helps you move your parts better um and honestly the best thing uh in the past couple of years has been rock floss for me mm. um to introduce these folks to um you know it's kind of a badass way to stretch kind of um, is yeah athletes are doing it hey um and it's such a uh, immediate almost success with improving movement for lots of repetitive motions you know you wrap a forearm of someone who's been having elbow pain that works with tools all day yeah. um you've got a forever fan because they're like wow it doesn't hurt anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then it comes this conversation of, huh, we just unglued things and made it move better. So maybe we should do some more stretches during the day. Um, so it creates a conversation that, okay, you need to do something also on your end. So regarding some of the, the rock tape tools, you know, you mentioned floss, uh, I guess maybe just some commonalities that you see with uh, uh, the people that you work with. Are there any go-to floss applications that you you tend to use a lot or, or really enjoy? Um, I teach it a lot and bring it along with the floss. The forearms are huge. Always forearms. Love it. Um, forearms. It, uh, you know, anyway, even desk, you know, workers and yeah. people who hold their phones too much and postural keyboarding, it works hmm. that way too. But for anyone physically working, the forearms are the go-to. Shoulders are another big one mm. uh, that really help people with their posture. Knees, ankles. I got <laughs> my super go-to would be forearms. Okay. Maybe after that would probably be knees or shoulders um, to instruct about that. But we're in this world now. So in my world, in occupational health world. Um, and first aid treatment, <laughs> preventative treatment, uh, in some of my clients, we are governed by OSHA and how they're seeing mm-hmm. first aid treatment versus medical treatment. And okay. really kind of how I got involved with rock tape, um, in that kinesiology tape has its own OSHA standard and a letter that says kinesiology tape is a first aid treatment and it's non-medical which flipped it actually previously was that it was a medical treatment you know back when um it was it mattered who applied it origin to insertion all those different and since that new science has changed um i think it was the um athletic trainers association uh letter that uh helped that turn around and so it's important with a lot of public uh, businesses that you stay within those scopes. And so here I'm, I straddle the line with the rock floss <laughs> and it's a massage. It's instrument assisted massage therapy. Right. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's my go-to for a lot of things cause I'm comfortable using it. I think anyone else who may be in the field of earlier intervention, uh, I've had conversations with many other athletic trainers and massage therapists who are in my world 
you know, it, it's, it's on the fence on using it, but I find so much success with it um, and teaching them how to go by their own and introduce them to it, that it's been amazingly helpful for them personally. And then of course it trails into the company as well. Specifically the floss, you mean, correct? Specifically the floss. So, you know, it's, it's such a really, and you know, this is for anybody listening, not just in in this particular uh, uh, specialty, but the floss is such an elegant tool because if you use it right, you know how to use it. You can do so many things, but it fits in a bag. You roll it up. It's reusable. It fits in a bag. It's really, really nice. And I have to imagine on site with a lot of these guys, if they have one in their bag, because all these guys have a bag, right? Or, right. you know, uh, a footlocker in their, in their truck or something like that. They can go right to that floss and do whatever they need to do. You're, you're educating the patient and you're giving them power to be able to do what they need to do for themselves. Definitely. I call it my sports massage in a box because oh, nice. they can go part by part. Yeah. Um, deconstructed, so to speak. Um, it's how I work on myself because I can't give myself a sports massage. (laughs) Good point. Um, Yeah. But yeah, it gives them a tool and we're actually trying to figure out a good, um, you know, first aid kit, a rock tape first aid kit that people can have on site and that, you know, is just there for the workers to use, um, through that. And, you know, we're just troubleshooting through all the things. Um, but tape is especially an easy, tool and education is a big part of that it's something that is really not known in the blue collar world Mm -hmm. um you know they'll you bring it up you're like oh yeah you've seen some athletes wear it uh it that opens the door to oh maybe on you know something that my favorite line is like it's annoying but it's not annoying enough to go to the doctor about it that's the moment where we want to catch it that yeah it's stuff that won't go away and then introduction to tape and has been a a big uh door opener for the worker and the company that they didn't quite know that that's an option i was curious how you use some of the other tools too and and tape seems like a very logical option especially after the floss as well too so you know um what's your pitch like how do you explain tape when you're working on site to a group that's never seen it before Tape is, um, well, you know, sometimes I will call it a glorified band-aid only because <laughs> they understand that it's just something that sticks on them versus sure. the loss that's temporary. Okay. But I, I go through the whole conversation of, you know, when you bump your elbow on something or run into, you know, the stairs, what do you do first after, after you're done swearing? So rub it. <laughs> that's the joke I always tell too. After you swear. Yeah. After you swear. <laughs> Then you rub it and you grab it and, you know, that signal moves to the brain faster than the pain does. And I'm big on simplifying all sorts of, um, you know, I'll use analogies and I'll simplify terms. Sure. Uh, And that one goes over really well. And knowing that the science behind it is super amazingly geeky and pain science neurology, but um simplifying that down it's like hey here's something that you can leave on for three mm-hmm. to five days i think with my uh blue collar audience i always emphasize the fact of showering is good and we want to shower with it on that's uh, <laughs> always important pat it dry i you know i have a teenager as well so uh we don't let them get away with not showering just because they have tape on right <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't want the tape to come off. No, no, no. Clean yourself, please. <laughs> yes, please. It's, it's a good thing to do. So the conversation just um, is, hey, try it. Um, we're here to help. If you don't like it, you can always take it off. And that's what's so great about the tape. There's such low risk involved. And when you're introducing this to safety professionals who are all about risk mitigation, um, I kind of lead with that if I'm talking to the safety professional. It's low risk, low yeah. cost. Um you know, solution that, and I just, um, finished a presentation with, um, Steve Capobianco in new Orleans. And we did a presentation on using the tape as a first aid tool. And a lot of great, uh, comments came up in the session. And one of the big concerns was like, well, how do we know that if we put it on, they're not going to all of a sudden think they're Superman and go lift more and, do more. And so that's definitely the communication that needs to come across that of what the tape is not. 
you know, and it's not a miracle cure. This doesn't all of a sudden make you super strong. This is something that takes, it just knocks off the edge of the pain and discomfort. So, um, in our world, the communication of what it is and what it is not is really important. Yeah, I totally agree. Cause that's where I see a lot of detractors with kinesiology tape is they, they, they cite the stuff that tape can't do as, Oh, see, it can't do that. Well, but we're not, we're not saying it does that. So you shouldn't really look for it to be able to do that. So if there's other taping companies that, that, that promote that kind of stuff, they're just wrong straight up. So that's a really important thing to understand. Um, anybody listening to this is what can it do? What can it do for all tools really? Right. Yeah. Oh, Um, definitely. What's, do you, do you ever get the opportunity to use uh, our blades, our, our instruments on site? Are you doing any kind of private sessions when you need to, or is it more just as the group setting? It's more of a kind of public setting. I mean, we have, there's rooms uh, sometimes to where I'll see people at if, you know, it's low back or hip or something like that to where we have a place to go. But the, the tools and the blades I haven't used much in um, the occupational setting i use them privately with my clients on myself Mm. Mm. Uh, so i don't get to utilize those as much however the pods are the rock pods are an awesome favorite for a lot of things as well and i've I've kind of wiggled those into early intervention as well with a lot of success okay very cool. I got to take advantage of it since you mentioned it too, because I get a lot of questions from massage therapists in Blades courses about working it into their sessions and into their routines. So we have one right here. So uh, I would be curious to know kind of how you as a massage therapist in your private sessions, you know, how do you work uh, the tools into a, a session? Is it a separate session all by itself? Or do you have good integration with all the other things that you would do as a massage therapist? I think as a a massage therapist, when you're working um, directly with a client and in a session, it's going to take a little, it definitely takes some getting used to because massage therapists were used to, we love the touch. We love to feel it was, you know, hard for me initially to be, you know, I trust my fingers so much as far as depth um, and reading tension that for me, I'll start with my hands, work in a tool I'll end with my hands because that's what I trust most are my hands. Right. And uh, not necessarily always do a session just with the blades. I think okay. it's something to, I'm always working them in or working them out. And if it's something that a client really likes, then definitely we'll go with it um, on a more regular basis. But getting introduced to, because I know coming out of the blades class, you know, everyone's like, Oh, this is so cool. I'm going to try it. And you get all excited and you use it for a couple of weeks and then maybe forget about them. Um, to where you, you just have to keep introducing. And for me, I like it more as the homeopathic version and, uh, using it bit by bit until Mm -hmm. you really get comfortable knowing where you want to use it most, um, is what I would always advise the massage therapist is just keep trying it in different locations and be okay. If it doesn't feel right, don't use it, you know, or Ooh, it works really well with the silicone cover and the Mohawk on scars and, um, you know, find where the therapist likes to use it and where you're not too comfortable and slowly get into being comfortable with it. That's a great point. Yeah. It's just kind of how you want to flow in your own practice and the different things that you want to apply to it. And, you know, it's a tool, use it as a tool. It's a tool to add to what you're already doing. Most definitely. And I think it, it works its way into the sports massage application way better than, um, you know, what we all call the fluff and buff relaxation massage. (laughs) Fluff and buff. I love your analogies and your, and your, and your puns. I love this. I got them all over. Um, those are ones if, you know, in massage school, we initially learn a whole like flow and routine. And I can see how as a massage therapist, they're like, but wait, where does this tool come in? Where should I use that? And, um, that again, just comes from pushing your box and, um, not always sticking within the, you know, things that you were taught. 
start trying new things. And, uh, if you think of it more of as the sports massage application at first, then you'll figure out how to backtrack it and use it more on a relaxation massage. Yeah. Very cool. So with your wealth of knowledge and being in practice for, for so long, how did you come to start teaching with rock tape? How was the introduction and, uh, what, what took you to, uh, come onto the team? It was complete fortuitous, right place, right time. Uh, I am in Littleton, Colorado and Mm -hmm. drove by project move owned by, um, Steve and, um, Jim Hoven and all that group of people. I just, um, I like to check out gyms in the area anyway, so I can refer clients or workers to places that I know are really well integrated. So I'm still always going around to different gyms. Um, but I found project move and I was like, Ooh, I love this concept. This is really great. And I had also just taken a big marketing class and learned, you know, as movement professionals, we don't learn marketing and business all the time. And I just had this great knowledge that I learned, wanted to share it and was talking with them about email marketing and things like that. And then we discussed what I do. They're like, huh, you should meet with Steve and you just need to have a conversation. (laughs) And we met for coffee and I was like, do you know that kinesiology tape is in this world of OSHA first aid? And they're like, no, (laughs) like preventative end of things. It's on fire. Yeah. that's where it was like, let me open this door into a whole world of um, new use and practicality. And that's where it started. And I was like, cool. Very <laughs> so cool. kind of opened up this health and safety realm of rock tape. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, that's, it's, it's so cool to just, I hear everybody's story because everybody is different, but same at, at the same time is, is just, you know, a chance encounter kind of blew up from there as well too. But you do something that I recommend to all my students, just reach out. You know, I love that you as a massage therapist, as somebody who works in occupational safety is like, I want to know who's in the area because I need to build a network and refer out. You know, how is that, how important is that to you as a practitioner to be able to send people away? Cause you're not keeping people forever. No. And I think that's, that's a great lesson that um, you've got to learn as a, <laughs> as a practitioner that you can't be everything to everybody. And when you can refer out to great people, um, it, it makes you look better because you're really in it for the betterment of your patient or your client or, you know, the employee mm. that the more you know who's in your area and can learn from and give clients to the better off everybody is. And that just grows your network from there because then they're like, oh, well, Lori, yeah, she specializes on the on-site work and knows about occupational. And then, you know, we move into someone else who's better with injuries and sports and high school athletes. And um, it's just great to know good people in the area and feel them out because we all know, you know, there's good and bad in every profession. And that's where... I would feel awful if I ever just randomly sent somebody, Oh, well, they're in your area, go here. And, (laughs) um, it's not quite the style that works for them. Sure. Yeah. It's so important just to know that too, because you could just look up anybody online and be, Oh, they their, their gym is near you or their clinic is near you. You you really want to know them a little bit better, but it's also, you know, from your business standpoint, it's also your marketing. If they know about you, they could send it back the other way at the same time. So it's great to just get out and talk to people, you know? Definitely. Definitely. And know that you can always move, you know, I know some gyms have, you know, contracts and memberships and stuff, but I always just like to educate whether it's a construction employee or an old personal training client that I needed to hand off to somebody. Um, you can try things out (laughs) if you don't like it you know, move on. Everything's negotiable, I guess, is Mm -hmm. the quote of that moment. And, um, know that they're in charge of their thing and no one should force you to do something you don't like to do. Um, not everybody loves CrossFit. Not everybody loves bar class. Not everybody loves those things, but knowing Mm -hmm. all those options that are out there for getting us all stronger and better and healthier Mm -hmm. is a good thing. 
I think the hardest part for me and what I love now about rock tape is that I've found how I find, um, my subcontractors is I'll look for rock tape certified people, um, Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, you know, I'll go through different, um, movement professional certifications from there. Um, and then niche into, Ooh, super bonus. If they've been through, um, an FMT basic class, they know how to tape, they know, um, manual therapy, they know movement. (laughs) That's a, been a great resource for me to find subcontractors because I can't be everywhere at all times. And part of the business model is figuring out how to, um, do less work or, or management. Yeah. And honestly, you can do that. Rocktape.com has, you know, practitioner finders. You can see what everybody's taken as well, too. It's a great tool to have at your expense. So Lori, tell us uh, a bit about some of your recent travels because you go all over the place. I have been all over the place. Um, you know, it kicked me exciting or not as exciting, <laughs> depending on where I go. Um, I, my business in the occupational world started in oil and gas. And so thus taking me to Williston, North Dakota and Midland, Texas, really exciting places. Um, Slightly sarcastic in that moment. Uh, (laughs) To, I have, I am in my eighth year of working with the National Park Service employees of Rocky Mountain National Park. So amazing, cool beauty of Rocky Mountain National Park. Is that near you? It is. It's up in Estes Park uh, and Grand Lake area of Colorado. So summertime, Colorado, it's gorgeous. If anyone ever wants to go there, please do. Uh, And I always like to sidebar into, I don't think people realize that when they're hiking in national parks or on any sort of trails that the the stones, that these big rocks that look like a staircase weren't naturally made that way. (laughs) There were crews that actually dug the hole, made their own gravel, put that big old rock in there and leveled it just for you. Yeah. Uh, you can get around better. It's one <laughs> of my big pieces of education that I don't think people understand the work that goes into some of our niceties of life. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so then been to Kansas, uh, for a refinery client going, um, Gosh, where else have I been? A lot of conference travel as well, just in the education component in the safety world to um, Vegas and New Orleans and all those places on that end. But my clients are definitely my favorite uh, to get into different locations on that. With all your travel and your schedule, are you are you teaching a lot for Rock Tape? Um, not a ton because this is a new branch for rock tape. And we're, I think the whole, um, transition into implus, uh, delayed some things here. And now we're really ready to take off more, uh, and bring in more tape classes because we're, it's in its infancy, honestly. And Mm -hmm. it's fun to tell safety professionals, Hey, come in on the ground level. Tell us exactly what you need and how you want it. And we'll deliver it that way. Very cool. But uh, is there anywhere uh, clo- uh, is there anywhere in the near future, rather, that you, uh, you're going to be teaching? you have any courses coming up? Oh, I'd love to say yes. But um, <laughs> I think the closest one is um, possibly out in um, Pennsylvania. But oh. it's anywhere to where if enough, I think we're saying eight to ten or more safety professionals in an area, if they want to get a class together, then they give us a call either contact me or go through uh, rocktape.com and um, express the desire to hold a class there. And so until then it's been interwoven into my trainings and that I'll put it in that whole thing. So, so actually really good point too, especially with a specialty like this, you know, get a hold of Lori, get a hold of rock tape and tell them kind of what you want. We, you can have private courses hosted at your facility and, and get all your people trained like that. So Lori, if they wanted to get a hold of you, uh, uh, how would they be able to do that? Uh, my email is best Lori L O R I at balancebio.com. Uh, because biomechanics is always too hard to spell out. So balancebio.com <laughs> is the website and Lori at balancebio.com is my email. Um, social media is uh, the movement ninja on Instagram. 
but I believe it's all balanced bio on the other worlds from there. But that's the best place. Email me if someone's interested in holding a class. That I think is the best Instagram handle, the movement ninja. I love that. So do, do, should people expect that when you are treating, you have a ninja suit on, or is that just more in the, the nomenclature? <laughs> it's, it's, um, really, again, it was an analogy that came across. No, I'm not. In a ninja suit. I'll do some sweet ninja moves for however <laughs> that works. Uh, no stars or swords are involved in class. Ever. I mean, we got, we have pods and blades. You might as well like, right. Oh, yeah. See, I haven't even thought of that, you know, throw those out. Oh, now I have to have a whole new video on that. Um, <laughs> the Ninja was a funny story because, uh, when I first started oil and gas, it was kind of like this industrial athlete com- you know, concept. And okay. then when I got a call from the national park service and, um, saw their employees they are not quite the industrial athlete um they're more than that they're in better shape usually uh so i i had to kind of think outside of the box and that's where the ninja was born and understanding you know ninja awareness and agility and flexibility and all those sorts of fun things and then bringing that back um i actually have trademarked the oil field ninja and also (laughs) ninjas to wear blue collar workers. If you mentioned stretching, uh, they kind of think spandex and want to turn on their heel and run. So, um, ninja mobility is a way to get them to kind of think about, "Hmm, maybe I should move better and not have them run from that concept. That's very cool. I always loved, uh, your, your handle on Instagram too. Uh, I didn't realize there was that story behind it. That's really cool. Well, and ninjas are always badass, so it That's never true. hurts to be ninja. This is very true. Yes, yes. So if anybody's looking to get a hold of Lori to possibly set up a course for themselves or go to rocktape.com to check out if there's any courses on the schedule that she is going to be hosting. Um, you're traveling all over the place, but you're in Littleton. Do you want to you know, tell everybody uh, where they can find you in Littleton? Uh, well, I home office, so don't come to my house. Oh, okay. But <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> No, but Project Move, you'll find me working out at Project Move still uh, in different places around the area. And if anyone is interested in connecting with great um, personal trainers or massage therapists or anything in the area, then I'm happy to direct them in the right places on that. Very cool. Yeah, always a great resource, even if you have to ask someone as an in-between to be able to do that too. And I love Project Move. So yeah, everybody check that out. Go, Go get a workout with the Movement Ninja. (laughs) (laughs) Lori, thank you so much for taking the time i really appreciate it thank you john i appreciate being on here and that we finally got that all hooked up and ready to go yeah it was great great conversation if anybody wants to get a hold of uh Lori, check out her email check out movement ninja on instagram uh and then one more time uh, did you say you had a website balancebio.com balancebio.com check out Lori frederick Lori, thank you so much for taking the time thank you john enjoy your fourth of july (laughs) 